I'm gonna give you four tactical tips that you can use to raise your leadership game so that you don't end up costing yourself a lot of growth starting right now. What is going on? My name is Zareer from ZareerMerwanji.com. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day and welcome to another video. And if this is your first time, please jumbo and thank you. And if you want to stay and learn how to grow your personal brand and all sorts of other sales and all sorts of other leadership training, then please start by subscribing and clicking the bell so that you don't miss out on anything. Today, I'm going to show you how to build great company culture and really raising your leadership game to make an impact on your business. So have you guys ever heard of the words HR as in human resources? The branding of HR is a lot worse than we would like it to be, right? It's why someday, if the timing is correct, I'm gonna be responsible for rebranding department names at major corporations from HR to people and experience team. Because I hate the name HR, it makes me run the other way. And that's because back in the day, when I got a call from HR, it was probably because I offended someone unintentionally or maybe just flat out pissed somebody off. <laughs> but culture is a texture, it's a vibe, it's a feel. To me, good culture means spreading kindness. It's about connection, people caring about one another. It's about people having self-awareness so that they care about other people as well. But in a nutshell, culture is the heartbeat of a company. It's something that lights up the entire system. If a company has great culture, it can literally be the backbone of their success. As a gifted salesperson, speaker, leader, I'm always in demand. Whether I'm training salespeople and sales leaders or giving a keynote speech or just writing a blog or just kind of showing up, my time is incredibly valuable. The culture needs to be so different from other companies because of how you lead and that's always from the very top. You're not a micromanager, so get into the business of saying yes, which is exactly what is going to take and make everything we do possible in leadership. Here you can draw out your own career blueprint to a large degree. And of course, we all have jobs that need to be done, but since we don't practice micromanagement ever, people can do more than they would do at a normal job. At our corporate HQ, we have open collaboration between departments, and that really helps out because we try to make it so that creativity and ideas can come from everywhere. Like someone on the finance team could have an idea for the next home improvement campaign. Uh, somebody on the IT team could have an idea on how to improve maybe our supply chain. Folks, do me a favor, don't go anywhere because I'm gonna be giving you four very usable tactical tips at the end of this video that you can package up and take with you and really start improving your company team culture right away. But before I do that, Simon Sinek says that Starbucks was founded around the experience in the environment of their stores and they reserve so many spaces with comfortable chairs, lots of outlets, tables, and desks at which we could work in the option to spend as much time in their stores as we wanted without any pressure to buy. The coffee was just incidental. I just got a text message from a leader using the hashtag AskZareer and he says, Hey Mr. Z, 
can you give me some tips on how I can increase good company culture? And more importantly, how can I kind of do this when so many people don't really buy into my message or respect me and are just negative sometimes? Great question. Before I give you my four practical tips, let's answer this question and see if I can't help you out. All right, so here we go. Bonus tip number one. You wanna overcome politics by instilling kindness and empathy. You really can't lead with ego in your day-to-day. -day. There's just absolutely no place for that in leadership. Instead, I want you to instill empathy and kindness among people, and we wanna be able to help employees understand what other departments are going through. For example, account managers need to have empathy for what creatives are experiencing day-to-day, -day, like how would an admin person feel when their work is being subjectively criticized by a stranger, right? How would they feel when they are pressured into being creative on a very tight deadline? And the same thing applies the other way around. What kind of pressure does an account manager or a sales associate face from customers? What kind of trade-offs do they have to make, right? Spreading empathy really isn't that difficult at an organization, especially when you have full autonomy to do it. And one way I do this is by finding and showcasing culture champions. Culture champions are employees who are really bought into what we're doing here and live by the values. You see what I'm saying? Another way I do it is by meeting with every single employee, one-on-one, -on -one, FaceTime, and speaking of one-on-one, -on -one, here's tech. Bonus tip number two is conduct one-on-ones with every single person. It's your job to have a pulse on what every individual needs at your company. You need to know who needs to have a chat, who needs to have mentorship, who needs a team change, or anything else. So when you have a glitch, even if it's just a tiny little blip, like someone having a bad day, or maybe a squabble with someone on their team, I wanna know. And it's why I'm constantly reaching out and touching people one-on-one -on -one by text message, by emails, on quick phone calls, FaceTimes. Your day-to-day -day should normally be made up of 15 to 20 one-on-one -on -one meetings if they are even one-minute FaceTime calls. And by the time you get to the office at 9 a.m., I probably have already sent out just as many text messages or tweets so that people know that I'm thinking about them. Meet with every single employee to help them remove their own roadblocks that, you know, that they have in their heads. Help them lean into their strengths instead of getting bogged down by all of their weaknesses. The wonderful thing about managing the problems of hundreds and thousands of employees is human beings are very much alike. Even if you and I grew up differently, we both share a lot of the same concerns. I was born in Mombasa, I was raised in Nairobi in East Africa, and I came here as an immigrant from the streets of London when I was 18, and I've worked my face off to fit in for the past 30 years. And you know what I found today at the age of 46? We all fundamentally have similar desires, fears, limiting beliefs, imposter syndromes, and at the core of that human experience, it is similar for everybody. So when you meet with your employees, listen to people with a non-judgmental ear. Collect information, look for patterns. When you see patterns in a specific department or demographic or anything like that, then you can take that information and go put that at scale, right? A lot of times companies will also replace surveys 
with interactions, and that's okay. It's okay to send some of that stuff out. But if I'm sitting in the same room as you, I'm just gonna get so much more by reading your body language and, and really have some warmth and some tenderness in that conversation. You know what I'm saying? John Mackey of Whole Foods says that if you're lucky enough to be someone's employer, then you have an obligation to make sure people do look forward to coming to work in the morning. Here's bonus tip number three. Build self-awareness among employees because your mission is to allow people to really bring their whole selves to work. When you sit down with your people and you have conversations on a day-to-day -day basis, it's not just all about rainbows and butterflies and sunshine. You're dealing with people and life is life, right? There are so many things that can happen, really hard things like personal tragedies. And you have to remember that when you're talking to people about their performance, their day, their purpose, or maybe their achievements, and it all has some kind of real life thrown into it. They're thinking about their grandma when they're talking to you, right? Or their friend who went through a tragedy. I don't know. My wish is not to have people to compartmentalize and leave their personal lives at home when they show up for work. My wish is for people to be real here and for me to be real here. You know what I mean? And that means I need to bring my whole self to work. I need to show up as I am when I'm not at work. I need to be kind. And another way to do this is by helping people develop more self-awareness and some understanding of who they are in your one-on-ones. Like, I love taking people through a map of themselves, starting with a question like, hey, let me ask you, how does the team see you? What is the value that you bring to the team? Like go through what they think their value is, right? And then if you have feedback to give them, that's a perfect time for you to give feedback. So when you say, uh, for example, I'm strategic, ask them, what does strategic mean? If they say, I'm a problem solver, follow up with, what do you think that means, right? And then you think, what does that mean per your values? Do their actions match your ambitions? Make it a focus to understand what your people want. Help them uncover who they are and what their strengths are, and then help them lean into those strengths. Look, I know you'll maintain great culture at work if you do this. So here's the information that you've been waiting for on culture because it should be a top priority when you're running a business. And when you have happy employees, the work they do is better, hands down. Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says that always treat your employees exactly as you want them to treat your best customers. So maybe you have some good culture here and there, but you wanna take it to the next level? Check this out. Here's four tactics that I use at our company every day, and I recommend them personally because I use them every single day and they work every single time. Number one, celebrate the victories. No matter what your company does, big or small, celebrate the victories. If you're a manager, leader, entrepreneur, operator, HR person, it's like you love the climb more than getting to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. If you're all about the hard parts of business, the nitty gritty, then you're probably just not too concerned about what happens when you get to the top of that mountain. Am I right? You just want to get to the next battle so that you can win it and that's okay. 
but this can be dangerous, especially since not everybody that you employ is going to be just like you, right? It seems obvious, but it just had to be said. You know what I mean? If you just move right along to the next big win, it's gonna always come off as something else to another employee because stopping to smell the roses is important and acknowledging that your team is doing great work is important. So celebrate those victories. Tip number two, lead by example. I've talked a lot about how everything really starts to stem from the top when it comes to company culture, right? And you can check out this video right here if you wanna know exactly what the recipe is. But the way you act and behave in your company dictates a very huge amount of how the culture is going to be. Like if you don't like how some of your leadership is acting, it's on you. Talk to them, set an example. You wanna establish casual dress code? It starts with you. If you think the company needs to have less meetings, once again, you need to start having less meetings. Everybody is gonna be looking from you to dictate the situation. Don't forget that in your day-to-day -day around the office when you're being busy. Tip number three, way too many companies base decisions of hiring and firing on money. Example, oh, we have the budget to hire another sales manager or instructional designer, let's do it. Well, it becomes merely a financial transaction, which I fundamentally do not agree with. Why? Because hiring and firing are emotional. You're dealing with people, not with contracts. When you treat an individual's job as a financial return or investment, it is the wrong way to approach it, my friends you need to consider the emotional side of this action. What's the decision going to do to the collective community on your team? If I, if I fire somebody who is so popular internally because they have great people skills, will I hurt everybody else? Can I push that person maybe into a different direction to help them stay? Or maybe even, can I help them to get another position outside of the company over the span of 60 to 90 days rather than firing them in one day? And that's gonna cost you a lot more money, but it does so much more in the company culture. And tip number four is keeping in-person meetings. With the rise of everything digital, it makes a lot of sense that online conferences have become easier and easier to have. The amount of tools available is insane and it's led so many companies to take new stances on remote working or working from home. But I wanna make sure that everybody understands something about digital meetings or even conference calls. Even if your company is entirely digital, this still matters. You can't completely cut out in-person meetings. In-person meetings matter because of human beings making all the decisions. And there is so much context that can be done in human interaction, it just doesn't map the same digitally. And that isn't to say that emotion can't be conveyed digitally. I feel plenty of emotion over discussions on Twitter, but the energy in the room is lost on digital, in conference calls too, and in the end, the energy is what matters so much for this equation in leadership. Got it? Here's your shot of B12 for the day. A Gallup study found that when people leave their company, 65% of them are actually leaving their managers. And that is by D. Michael Abrashoff. It's your ship management techniques from the best damn ship in the Navy. 
People don't leave companies, they leave leaders, the end. If you have tools or books like this on leadership advice that you recommend, please bring them to my attention and let me know down in the comments below because I have an entire playlist building up this year of where you can see some additional tools in action to really start building your personal brand, to skill up in leadership and sales, to kind of leave a legacy with impact. And you can click right here so that you can see more information about that and to learn more about growing in leadership and all sorts of other business related stuff. So start now by subscribing and clicking the bell so that you don't miss out on anything. And I'll see you in the next video.